Yeah, yeah. We are here. We are live and direct. We are back, y'all. Daily Heat Check Smokecast, episode 59. We in the building. It's your host, Piff Beats. Thank you for being here. Thank you for following the journey along these last few episodes while I get everything, you know, back up, started, and rebooted. So, you know, hopefully the content looks good, sounds good, and is good. So, need I say more? But um, this is such a, a big slate of topics we got going. First off, I got something new in the lab. I got some biscotti. So um, definitely want to let y'all know about that because that shit right there, need I say more. But let's go straight into the sports. I'm not even going to hold you. So we had two big things happen this week in sports that I personally wanted to touch on. One of the first things was the MLB with the Dodgers winning the, um, the World Series. Yeah, I almost caught myself saying something stupid. So, you know, I'm glad I, you know what I mean? But first off, congratulations. Shout outs to the Dodgers winning the World Series. Um, you know, it's kind of like the same conversation we have with the bubble chip. Is people going to respect it? Me personally, I think they are. You have no choice but to respect it. But um, I'm over here looking. Let me see. Um, yeah, the Dodgers win first World Series since 1988. Man, what a, what a weight. The Rays manage um the Rays man ugh, Rays manager Kevin Cash raised his right arm signal signaling the bullpen. I read like I am tripping on my tongue, brother. Tampa Bay starter Blake Snell bit his lip and shook his head, and the Dodgers smelled blood. So I'm guessing that's the catchphrase or the lead phrase just to get anything started. But it's been a while, like you said. So let's see, 1988. <sighs> Almost, well, almost into 20, 30 years, close to 30 years that they haven't won a championship. So to see this take place now, so for any new Dodger fans or old Dodger fans, this is huge, big news. Congratulations to you. Celebrate it up. It's well-deserved. It's been a long time. But then here's the sidebar that I was just thinking for myself that I'm like, yo, what about Magic Johnson? And I'm not trying to be funny because he's a part minority owner of the LA Dodgers. Now... I'm pretty sure he's going to get a ring for that. And then, if we remember, two years ago, wasn't he responsible for bringing uh, LeBron to L.A.? So, and didn't they win? So that's two L.A. teams that won a championship this year that both had Magic Johnson involved in some way, shape, or form. I'm just pointing that out. And then when I read further news details, they're talking that his WNBA team that he was a part owner with, the Sparks, they won a chip back in, um, what was it, uh, 2016. But the point is, need I say more, is just to focus in on 2020. He just won a chip technically with the Lakers. I don't know if he gets a ring for consulting or, you know, whatever it takes, you know, for bringing LeBron there. I don't know if it's like an under-the-table ring, or however that works out. And then don't forget the L.A. Dodgers situation. So he definitely was a part minority owner there. So he's definitely going to get a baseball ring. So shout-outs to Johnson, man. He got a player ring, uh, I think a manager ring, uh, a WNBA ring as an owner. Uh, uh, let's see, uh, what's the other one? The Dodgers ring baseball as an owner so yeah he's doing his thing he's doing his thing man big shouts to magic johnson well big shouts to the dodgers but shouts to magic johnson because if he is like i assume he is getting a ring from both teams two different sports from winning two championships in 2020 just mark my words then Next, honestly, I thought this was big, huge news for me. 
to see, but it was huge news, not for the for the for the reason. Uh, let me just say the topic, just to get out here. The Utah Jazz is being sold to the Qualtrics co-founder Ryan Smith for $1.6 billion. Now, you know, these these are the cost of these teams nowadays. Um, NBA teams, they are not going for cheap. Teams in general are not going for cheap. I could imagine what a baseball um, team is going for, because I just heard a few contracts a few years ago, half a billion, I mean, half a million. Um, You get what I'm saying? Not half a million, yeah, half a billion. I think I was correct. 500,000 for somebody for 10 to 12 years. So they're throwing money out the wazoo to keep some of these players. So to just assume the type of value that one of those teams is worth, but yeah, Clipper, um, I'm, I'm sorry. So the Utah Jazz just got sold for $1.6 billion. Now, I bring that up because the Clippers, and I'm bringing it up because I'm like, yo, I feel like this is a cheap sale because, hold up, hold up. Yeah, uh, right here, Donald, St um, yeah, he sold the Clippers for $2 billion. So I was correct. So Balmer bought the Clippers for $2 billion. And at the time, the Clippers were... I personally don't think they were nowhere as good as part um say the Utah Jazz. The Jazz will um say they they right now are more say a contender than they were probably 10, 20 years ago from their golden years with Stockton and Malone. But at the same time, when you look at it for say today compared to where the Clippers were, I think their best product was Blake Griffin at the time of the sale. May I'm not let me see. Um that was, say, give or take, if this was five years ago, yeah, I think it was Blake Griffin and maybe Chris Paul. And we all see what Chris Paul panned out to be. Granted, he's still a great player. But I'm just, you know, being honest here. He never really lived up to what any of us thought he was going to be as, say, an elite floor general, point guard, championship, multi-ring competitor. No, all those boxes are unchecked. This is not slander. This is just facts that are on the table. But when you see that sale from then from what they had with their pieces and how they were competing. And granted, I don't think, and especially if you look in the last recent two to three years, especially with the Jazz, they have made at least healthy, at least second round playoff runs on multi, at least the last two years, they made it to the second round or better. So to see that, because yeah, they knocked out OKC one year. I remember that. So, but the point I'm trying to say is, is that to see them take that climb and they're be deep, at least to me, I don't know if it's the coronavirus, I don't know if it's the team, their pieces, or just the market, but for them to go for almost half, 500, um, yeah, half a billion less than what uh, the Clippers went for, because you know you take that 100, 100 million off or however you do the math on that, yeah, and it'd almost be 1.5 billion compared to the $2 billion sale that the Clippers went for during the controversy. During, I don't know, maybe the Clippers did have a good playoff team. I'm not sure, hold on, hold on. Let me look that up. 2015 Clippers roster. Let me see this real quick. I got to see what the 2015 Clippers really was looking like. They had Cole Aldridge. I had Jamal Crawford. Okay. Jeff Green, Blake Griffin, Wesley Johnson, DeAndre Jordan, Chris Paul. Paul Pierce? What? J.J. Redick, Austin Rip. Lance Stevenson. Wait, this is is this the right roster? Hold up, maybe I just put my foot in my mouth. Maybe this team was a little bit better, more stacked up than say what this Utah Jazz team is. But let's look at this Jazz roster real quick. 
Hold on, Utah Jazz roster. Let's see what they look like right now. Are they a competitor on the set? So they got Rudy Gobert. Ooh, they got Bojan Bogdanovich. I don't know why I got excited for that. Tony Bradley, Jarrell Brantley, Jordan Clarkson. Okay, Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell. Okay, Juwan Morgan, Rudy Gobert, Ed Davis, Emmanuel Moutier. Um... I'm not going to lie to you. They have a, a a nice, steady lineup of good young talent. But to say this roster got me more excited than, say, the 2016 Clippers roster, no. Uh, 2015, 16 Clippers rosters, no. I'm probably bugging. I apologize. I probably look like a fool right there, and I didn't even like the blunt. So, you know, that's on me. But, yeah, just to finish the article, the Utah Jazz, along with other sports and entertainment properties, are being sold to the Qualtrics co-founder, Ryan Smith, Larry H. Miller group of companies announced this Wednesday passing, depending when you read this or hear this, including in the pending transaction are the Utah Jazz, Vivint Arena, okay, the National Basketball Association G League, Salt Lake City Stars, and management of the AAA baseball affiliate, Salt Lake Bees. All right, so they're selling all of that for $1.6 billion. So honestly... I don't think I'm wrong. I think, yeah, the this is either a bad deal or a devalued team if you're going to look at the... And this Clippers sale, I think it was at least in the last five to ten years. Hold on. When did the Clippers get sold? I'm looking at the 2015. I may not even be correct. I mean, when did the Clippers get sold? All right. 2014. So he bought it in 2014. Okay, yeah, so 2014, I was looking at the 2015 roster, give or take. They had some of the same pieces, added some pieces. But this transaction took place, it probably got finalized in 2015. Can we say that? Because you know something of $2 billion, you know there's a lot of the FCC got to get involved. I know there's a lot of stock and money being moved around. But just to, just to empty that thought out there, yeah, I'm... And what did he buy? Yeah, the LA... And if he only got the Clippers... Hold up, yeah, the boom, 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 boom. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't really give me too much info here on what what else was bought with the Clippers, but yeah, it did, definitely didn't say they sold the Clippers, their G League team, their AAA affiliates, another um their arena, and all these other things. So I'm not sure if Donald Sterling still. I'm pretty sure he's not welcome in the arena. So, but that doesn't mean you you, you still don't own the arena or get kicks back from the arena. So I'm not sure. And then again, I don't know the fuller inner workings of this, but this is an interesting deal when compared to the Clippers deal of six years ago, because that's less than a decade ago. And this team sold for almost 400 million less and with about three to four extra affiliates and uh, arenas and, you know, perks thrown in. So just to, just to have that there, that was a lot to get off my chest, man. Let me get a sip of this water. I'm hyped and charged, man. I'm hyped and charged. I'm sorry. I'm hyped and charged. I, I'm just happy to be here right now. We're going to get this shit going. We got a lot of shit on the slate. Shout outs to um, Sour P. You feel me? Because he was definitely the one that sent me this. Um, he was like, bro, you got to talk about this in your notes. And I'm like, yo, you're absolutely right. 
Ghostface Killer, the legendary member of the legendary group. Yeah, I think it's a double legend. Ghostface is a legend and the group is a legend. But I'll let y'all debate that later. But he just announced on Instagram that he will be releasing Woo Block Volume 2 and confirmed from other outlets that Supreme Clientele Volume 2 will be coming out. So this is huge. This is huge. But right now I'm looking at, say, this Hip Hop DX article, I believe. Let's see what they're talking about right here. They're already saying Wu-Tang Clan, yeah, legend, Ghostface Killer. I wasn't tripping. I wasn't tripping. There's not even no need to debate that. He's a legend. Shit. But yeah, and he's, wait, a legend from a legendary group about to drop uh, the sequel to a legendary classic. I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just jumping the guns with all the legend shit. But look, right here. Um, you feel me? He posted the picture on his Instagram. It's the same exact picture that my brother sent me. And it was like, hey, Mr. Tony Stark's rocking a purple Gucci sweatsuit and the caption, Woo Block Supreme 2 in the making. So I already know what Woo Block mean, dot, dot, Supreme 2 in the making, Wu-Tang Forever, Ghostface Music, Supreme Clientele, Woo Block. So, you know, Hip Hop DX is only confirming that Supreme Clientele is getting made, but... If you could read like I could read, I don't know what who's reporting on their end, but it clearly said Woo Block. And Woo Block was definitely a banger between Sheik and Ghostface. Because initially, when I read that article years ago when the original Woo Block came out, I thought it was going to be entire D Block and the entire Wu Tang. Don't get me, I don't, I don't know, maybe I'm a, maybe I'm the old nigga in the club, but that, just, that matchup just gets me excited. But... Granted, there's going to be a lot of checks and a lot of controversy because I already knew it took a lot of BS to get one of the last Wu-Tang albums out. I know Raekwon and a few niggas wasn't happy with the split. So, yeah, this is perfect. Sheik and Ghost, yeah, give us another one. But, you know, give us more features. Not saying, no, no, they could hold it, hold it down by themselves. Not saying that another Wu block would need features, but give us more. Like, you know, give us some more RZA, some more Raekwon, have some Kiss and Styles jump in there, sprinkle a little bit of that all over there. And then, you know, here's another thing that's going to be scary for me, too. Um, I might have sparked the balloon for this one, because this is going to be a hot take coming from me. Hold on. What's going to be a little scary is this shit going to sound dated. And when, and when I mean dated... I don't mean dated to the fact that this music don't hit like, you know, oh, there's some old nigga shit. No. Like, I was talking to my brother about this exact topic about with the new D-Block album, well, the new Locks album that dropped. It dropped, longtime Locks fan, favorite rap group. Jada's my favorite rapper of all time. You know, I just love you. just grew up on them. That was like the era of hip-hop that, you know, just curated my sound and just helped define, you know, what I liked and didn't like. And it was that, that, that New York era when everything was just so pure. But just to break it down, when you listen to those albums and... The, the, the music coming from that time. And then you compare, say, the first, even the Puffy album. The Puffy album went harder. Than, oh, man. Yeah, I'm saying it. The Puffy album with the locks went way harder than, say, this new D-Block one. The new locks when they just dropped, uh, whether it was independent or with the label they just did. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just giving you my truth. 
So I don't know if it's going to sound dated in that sense that, yo, this shit sounded so hard five, ten, seven, even eight years ago, depending on when they dropped the first Woo Block or even when you first bumped We Are The Streets almost 20 years ago. The point is, is that when you listen to these things today, when they say they drop a sequel, like, and especially Supreme Clientele, oh my God, it's just almost 20, 20 plus years itself. So when you think about this, are these things going to age well? Or did they wait? And when I say age well, like, I already know those did. But are these sequels going to age well? Or did it take too long to release the sequel? Because I'm going to be honest, like, this Locks album, it had no sequel attached to it. But just having the Locks and hearing what it sounded like and listening and just remembering what you grew up listening to, this was far from that. Far from that. So that's just my truth there. Is the sequels needed? Y'all let me know below. You know, hate me. Give me a good debate. Or even better, is this something y'all excited and y'all waiting for? Because like I said, with the Woo Block, I'm, I'm ready for it. Just give me a, a few more features. Because like I said, I initially thought it was going to be the whole um, the locks uh, versus the whole Wu-Tang going bar for bar, giving us some bangers. But whatever y'all could do, whatever y'all could make work, make it work. Because we definitely want that, the old niggas in the club. So, you know, feels me there. So let me let me move on. My bad, y'all. I got to really stop spitting. But when I be going on those long talks, and it's only on camera, and when I'm, I'm blowing some smoke, but I got some more shit in the music news, though. So, oh, man. Funk Flex. Shout out. Bro, I don't care what nobody says. Hold on. I just want to say this first. Funk Flex may be annoying to people or in general at times, but I'll be damned, that man is motherfucking entertaining, bro. If he is not the only reason that I would turn on the radio today, I wouldn't lie to you. If I was to turn on the radio today just to listen to the radio, I got to listen to Flex. I don't really care for the Breakfast Club. You could get them on YouTube or whatever, but just say I just had to, because you could, if you, because you can't get Flex nowhere else. The Funk Flex Show. I don't think that's being syndicated on YouTube or nowhere else. So if you had to just tune into the radio to listen to any show in real time, it's got to be Flex. It's got to be Flex. I'm sorry. But let's go to Funk Flex Blast TI for Crime Stoppers video. Please don't try to paint a narrative in social media. Oh, man. Oh, man. Now, this is... Oh, man. This is crazy. Now, I'm not going to hold you. This is not the exact article I was looking for. But if he is still slamming this nigga with this article, Flex, you was on fire. But basically, Funk Flex told T.I., bro, um, yeah, you not ready to go against none of these major um, major competitors as far as when it comes down to these battlers um, in New York or when it comes down to any of these battlers in the South. So hold on. Let me get the actual article so we could get some of this, like, I might have to play the video. If I got to play it, I got to play it, man. Hold up. Yeah, nah. We ain't talking a Crime Stoppers video. Hold up. Funk Flex T.I. Not the king of the south. All right, 
Yeah, here it goes. Here it go. All right, boom. So I don't know why I had to dig this, but right now this Crime Stoppers joint is going crazy. So this must be some new flames that he's throwing at him. And what's even crazier, I'ma have this up here on the on the screen because I didn't even know Ti did a Crime Stoppers video. I'ma keep that a hundred with y'all. Oh man! Oh my God! He really. This Oh man! Oh man! Um, how do we not see that, bro? Um, granted, I'm guessing Flex is is is. Wait, wait. I'm just gonna say this first before I even go in and give my my opinion. There's two lanes out there. There's the streets, and then there's the sidewalk. The streets are dangerous. That's why you walk on the sidewalk. Now, Flex, he's taking it to the streets. So I'm assuming that he's in that lane too to get dirty. Because right now, him going at T.I. with this um, Crime Stopper shit, man, you know, the no snitching shit, because he damn sure dropped bombs and shitted on um, Takashi with his BS. But seeing this right now is even crazier because right now he's just trying to like do a whole smear campaign on T.I. before this whole versus with Jeezy even happens. Now, like I said, I gave Jeezy the win from the rip if he was going to keep it on some street shit. And I made sure to put heavy emphasis on that. But I definitely said T.I. had some big records that we couldn't ignore. Now coming down to it, after hearing a couple of outlets, and I'm not changing my opinion, but a lot of niggas over here is rocking with me and what I initially said. And they're actually saying that nobody wants to hear some of these, I'm not saying it, corny T.I. big singles. Well, granted, some of these singles were big, but... Let's really be honest. Did they age as good as we expected? Did they age as good at all? And then, you know, I heard an article that, you know, T.I. only sold 23000 on his last album he just dropped, Libra. So he's just getting his boots smoked from all angles right now. And then Flex, come on, man. So right here, basically Flex drops a bomb on T.I. You ain't the king of the South. The East Coast made you. Watch your mouth when you talk about what's going on over here. Urgh, funk flex voice. Oh my gosh, man. This is crazy. Cause right, yeah, no, I'm just looking at it, man. Um, I and then here, I'll tell you this. Cause they're not, I'm, I'm, I might have to put the, the video up or whatever, but the point that I'm trying to say is right now is that when you take a look at what Funk Flex is actually saying and when he breaks it down in that video, he is not wrong. He's not wrong. Because until you really take a step back, like, okay, T.I. is running around claiming he's the king of the South. But, you know, what about Gucci? Brick Squad. Hold up. Them niggas held shit down heavy for many years before T.I. was even, you know, doing his shit. So then you had Jeezy. Then you had Ross. I don't know. I think Luda was a stretch. But granted, maybe even Luda. But don't get it twisted. Luda got a hell of a catalog. Then, you know, don't forget 2 Chains, Titty Boy. So there's a lot of cats that he definitely named out. And I'm like, yo, Flex may have a point here. A little bit, you know, sounds like he's definitely... Trying to, you know, do a smear campaign, but then there's a definite good, you know, a good side of it when you take a truth out. Like, you know what? He might have a point. 
This nigga is not as heavy hitting as he says. He is not the king of the South. He does not own the streets in comparison to, wait, and this, this, I'm just gonna keep it 100. This has nothing to do with siding with Flex, just listening to what he said and just really breaking it down because if you go back to my original take, I said Jeezy had it on some street shit. I'm, I'm not gonna hold you. When T.I. saying he's the king of the South or if he got the streets or, I'm sorry, compared to Jeezy, Ross, and bro, I'm not even gonna hold you. You could even technically say, um, Two chains. I think they got the streets way more for way long. Damn, he didn't even mean future. But you granted, like, and the future is a whole different different conversation. But just to even know that before we even go into a deep dive and be like, yo, Ti, yeah, fam, you might be talking a little crazy. And then to be like, yo, you're coming for fifty or Buster, chill, chill. You know what I mean? I was definitely talking crazy on 50 about, yo, his catalog may not be as long, but I definitely forgot the mixtapes. Don't forget some of those sleeper albums in the latter years. And then definitely we can't forget about the 50 albums, The Massacre, and Get Rich or Die Trying, because as much as you may want to hate or ignore them, bro, both those albums had at least 10 to 12 singles on it. No cap. 10 to 12 tracks that you could bump. Are you? I'm not even lying. With the massacre, had the Baltimore love song. Oh my gosh, just a little bit. Um, bro, I forgot. It was so many on there, bro. Just don't even worry. I know I'm right. Just go check that. Argue with me in the comments, but I know I'm right on that. Let's let's move to the next one, bro. I'm going off. I am. I'm. I'm hyped and charged, y'all. I'm hyped and charged. Let's see right here. Okay, 2020 BET Awards. I'm not gonna hold you, I didn't even see it. Didn't even see it, didn't even watch it. Wait, I'm gonna keep it even more 100 if it wasn't for the, wait, I'm not even gonna say the, the media reporting on it. Cause my boy Riz from the feds told me about it and I'm like, bro, I didn't even know this shit came on. Like I said, I'm a K I told him I'm a cable cutter. I've been cut the cord. I don't I don't watch TV. Like I'm not even gonna hold you. The whole concept of coming home at nine to watch a show or eight or that just sounds crazy to me, especially in 2020. But yeah, but but, but the, uh, stop tripping over your tongue, but the, to say um, the point I'm going to say is the benefit of having that TV is you get those commercials that give you the advertising because whatever I'm watching or wherever I'm watching, they're damn sure not talking about that. So to tell you about it, I don't know. But to tell you what I heard about it, I do know there's a lot of politics in between the lines. A lot of people feel like, they, well, I don't want to say feel like they didn't get their just due, but their fans feel like they didn't get their just due. I think the baby and little baby, I feel like they either both got snubbed or robbed from the show. But then again, like, I, I hate to say it, it's like I know it's BET and I know what they tend to stand or represent, but as of late, and I mean, as of the last 15 years, you could probably say, have they really have, do they really have the air or the voice of the black community or the culture? Damn sure don't got the streets. So when a lot of these fuck ups happen, granted, let's really be honest. You, it's almost like you should expect it. They're not playing that get the hot new, you know, they're way far from that. I'm sorry, they're way out of form. They're not in the touch. I, I can't see them or believe for them to be into the know. I'm sorry. But moving on. 
I think this was funny. So Drake, you know, he can't just stay out the news because he's drizzy. But basically, Drake just had his birthday, October 24th, OVO. Yeah, October's very own. Shout out to you, Drizzy. Happy born 34, man. Golly. But the point to be said, he had a fancy birthday bash. And at this bash, he had, you know, a nice little fancy catering and this menu. And basically, niggas is getting on him saying that his menu is not um, catering or appropriate to black people. And I'm like, bro, you know, niggas be wowing. I'm like, like, motherfuckers must be like jumping out the window. Um, and granted, I'm getting this from media takeout. But from what they're reporting, and I'm like, hold up, wait. Drizzy, I know you're not just, I know you're a man of the people, you're, you're a traveler, you're well-cultured, you visit and seen multiple parts of the world, and you probably tasted it and tried different exquisite things, but fam, I think this was a little bit over the line. They said, hold on, hold on, for Drake's first course, there was a choice between fried calamari with a side of red sauce a sushi platter, Caesar salad, or baby kale salad. Okay. Then the second course is what made me say, hold up, fam, we can't just hover over this. The second course is what caused concern, specifically the mac and cheese option. Hold on. Wait, yeah, I know the buildup, but you got to... Fam, Drizzy, the menu read that the mac and cheese had sun... Wait, wait. The mac and cheese included sun-dried tomatoes, capers, parsley, and raisins. Bro, bro, I don't know who's the chef for your birthday, but let them know these, these flavors that you're trying to unite and this synergy that you're trying to create and let the Drake and, you know, these upper echelon people of the world be the first to taste and be the influence. No, no, this is not something you could influence me about. When I heard niggas was putting apples in their potato salad, I'm like, you know what? That's cool, but I'm not that adventurous. Maybe it's me, but I'm not looking for a sweet tang in certain meals. Certain meals, I just like the way they were traditionally made and constructed. There's nothing wrong with a savory dish being savory. Pause. But when I see mac and cheese with sun-dried tomatoes, capers, parsley, and raisins, I don't know where to start. How do you dissect this? Is this a meal? Is this like a, like one of those, like, you know, Cartoon Networks, we're going to make something on the fly, throw it in the oven concoctions. Is this for real? And wait, here's the crazy part. If this is for real, where are they selling this? And what is the price tag on some type of concoction like this? What does that run you? What does that run? This doesn't even sound like they're giving you elbow macaroni, fam. This sounds like they're giving you macaroni with shells. Nah, nah, I'm sorry. You're getting the little fucking twirly shits. You're getting the little twirly macaronis. You're getting the twirl the twirly shits and cheese with the sun-dried tomato cheese sauce. This shit's not even baked. 
I'm sorry, I don't even believe they're baking this shit. Maybe a light bake, but wait, hold on, yeah, you're getting the cheese sauce. I'm just trying to envision this. You're getting cheese sauce, sun-dried tomatoes, capers, that's just like peas. So you know it's like a little soup. They're gonna sprinkle the parsley on it, then the raisins, give you a little hint of those, and then you know you're just gonna spoon that shit up and enjoy it, I'm guessing, right? And if they do bake it, they, you know, this is like this is the this is like the upper echelon of the culinary world. They're giving you like a, uh, oh my gosh, like a, oh, I'm trying to think of it, like a freaking, uh, a quail egg yolk infused panko crust batter. I'm telling, bro, this shit is not going down normal. I'm sorry. Wait, not for a second believe mac and cheese with sun-dried tomatoes, capers, parsley, and raisins is not coming with a quail egg-infused panko bread crust. I'm sorry. Yeah, let me, let me, bro. bro. I'm serious, too. I'm serious. There's no way in hell you're getting that shit if you get, unless it's, unless it's just that. If they, I'm telling you. some. And wait, I hope I'm not giving anyone ideas out there. We do not need quail egg infused panko breadcrumbs on mac and cheese. So whoever's listening, no. I'm sorry, but no. No, we don't need that. We don't need it. We need it. Capers, shit. Lost me with the fucking rate. What? There's so much going on here. There was so much to unpack. So much to fucking unpack there, bro. But yeah. Um, let's see. I got more news on the slate. I got more news on the slate. Oh, oh, oh. Let's see, man. We got some. Hold, hold on, man. This is some. This is some wild shit. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait. I got to spark the blunt for this. This is some. This is the type of shit that, that makes me be like, what is the reason why? Because, you know, you'll never get this on your regular news. So you got to come get it from me at the Smokecast on your hood news. But 12-year-old rapper, Little Rodney, is sentenced to seven years, cries in court. I expect that. He's 12 years old. And a 12-year-old year, getting sentenced to seven years... So that means by the time he comes home, he'll be 19. And hold, uh, let, let me uh, hold. On, let me read this. Let me let me read the article. A 12-year-old gangster rapper from Fort Worth, Texas, was sentenced to seven years in prison. News have learned that the boy Little Rodney is allegedly Crip and one of the most popular local rappers in the Fort Worth area. This is crazy, but according to police, the self-proclaimed gangster admitted to cutting off his ankle monitor to attend a friend's funeral in violation, in violation of his supervision terms. Wow, got seven years for cutting off his ankle bracelet? Bro, how do you get an ankle bracelet at 12? I'm Wait, I'm asking for a friend, but at 12, what do you do to get an ankle? Where are you? Wait, but then again, hold up. He's a 12-year-old gangster rapper. So this is not a regular 12-year-old. So I'm assuming, because when I look at my son, I don't see 
a potential ankle bracelet and him facing 12 years if he cuts it off to go to a few. What I, I'm sorry, but wait. The point I'm trying to say is, is that this is crazy. 12-year-old rapper sentenced to seven years. I, I'm more concerned, though. How does a 12-year-old get on an ankle bracelet? There's, see, there's so much to unpack here. I'm trying to dig deeper in this rabbit hole to see how did we even get to this point. But, yeah, he is one of the most popular rappers in his neighborhood in Fort Worth. Like I said, at 12, you go down for seven years. You're going to come home at 19. Oh, my gosh. All the little honeys are going to be all over you. And if you're in there spitting that shit that these young boys want, well, clearly that you are because you're one of the most popular rappers already at the age of 12. Brother, you're going to come home to a bag. That's probably the wrong, wrong assessment of this thing. But I'm sorry. I'm not looking at him at 12 to go in and do seven and to come home after being one of the most popular rappers in his neighborhood to give his life to Christ. Not saying that he can't happen. Who knows? Who knows? Shit, let, bro, what the fuck do I know? All I'm doing is speculating. But then again, he's a 12-year-old gangster rapper, and in seven years, he'll be 19, and ooh, he'll be hyped and charged, ready to give you all that nice juiciness. So what's that, 2027? Little Rodney, I'm going to set a calendar date for you. Don't worry, fam. You'll be out soon. But... I hate to I hate to make light of it, but to make serious of it, how does a 12-year-old even get on a fucking ankle bracelet? That's how we make that. Like, the serious part is not even the article. It's the shit you read that gets you to this article. How do you get on an ankle? Wait, how are you even a popular crip gangster rapper at 12? Fam, I don't know what's going on in that community, but shit, I need to go and do a deep dive and do a fucking 10 toes down and see for myself, but... Shout out to you. Shout out to Fort Worth. You know what I mean? Um, clearly, you he was out there getting it cracking. <laughs> but um, oh man, I got some more shit. I got some more more shit for y'all. I got some more more shit for y'all. Okay. I don't really talk entertainment, gossip, relationship. But when the shit is hilarious like this, you can't ignore it. So right here, Tiffany Haddish, she dumps her boyfriend, Common. And now, let me, there's a lot to unpack here. So first off, I think they got together on the set of The Kitchen. That DC movie, I forgot, but I seen it. It was pretty okay, but they both was in that movie. And they were a love interest in that movie. What a coincidence. So they dated in the movie and then they just actually took that shit to real life. Now, they, you know, must have been doing their thing and quarantine comes and she's in there getting that quarantine pipe. And I remember when the article dropped, I think in like in the summer, you know, they loving it. They together, enjoying the best of their time. Allegedly, she might get pregnant because she ain't taking her, her, her pill away. Well, you know what any case is. Cool. Now, 
we reading that Tiffany Haddish dumps bitch-ass nigga comment. Hold on. Let me read that again. Tiffany Haddish dumps bitch-ass nigga comment. Brother, it don't get no better than that. I know she a comedian, but I don't think this was intended to be ha-ha funny. But I can't stop but laughing when I see that. Then when you read this shit, oh, man. Check this out. They was like, yeah. She calls out her ex-boyfriend in an Instagram story post for being too clingy, writing, I'm sick of my ex-fuckboys, and yes, you still a fuckboy even if we was in a relationship. Oh, man. So right here, um... Let's see. There's a good there's a good one. Her friend at the Yeah. She said he was too much of a bitch ass nigga, which made her grow tired of him, according to the so-called friend. A friend just right is reporting this. Common is too soft. Hey! Listen. Common, I don't I don't know if this is to be true. All I'm doing is reading what these women are scandalously putting out there on you, brother. Listen, fam, I still fucks with you and the music, but I gotta yo, they getting their shit off on you, fam. You feel me? But listen, yeah. He's too much of a bitch ass nigga, which made her grow tired of him, according to the so-called friend. Common is too soft. While the actress needs someone that's a little bit harder. Pause. <laughs> hey. I'm sorry. It's not really much to unpack there, man. Common. I I will keep it 100. I don't look at Common and see Rick Ross. 50 cents. Future. If that makes any sense. But then again, when I do see Common, I definitely don't see... Salento, um, you get what I'm saying? Uh, Powerpuff Girls, um, you know, or some of the more softer bubblegum sugar-coated things that are out there that you would relate to people being soft. So, yeah, Common, brother, listen, I don't know what to do in a situation like this. Maybe sometimes you just have to ignore it and just keep it moving. But, yeah, these, these they out here trying to throw dirt on your name, and I'm... Nigga, that's crazy. But um, we got some more shit. We got more shit. We got more shit. Oh man, we got some shit right here, fam. Yeah, we gonna get a little bit political, little, 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 cool. I think we gonna do it like this. I think we're gonna do it like this, like that, like this, like that, like this, like that, like this, like that, like, uh. I told y'all, I was hyping charge. I thought I was joking. I can't even give y'all a show today. I'm giving y'all a show. So, let's get into the next topic. 53-year-old Lisa Ray opens her OnlyFans. 
First off, Lisa Ray, we remember her from the Players Club from almost 20 years ago, and the bitch looked bad then, and I'm not going to hold you for her to be 53 years old. Shit, I can't even lie. She's, the bitch looked bad now. So she is definitely worth a fucking monthly subscription if you if she's giving it up on there. If she's not giving it up, you feel me, and it's just some regular shit you can find on the, the Discovery page, then no. But if she's up there giving it up, listen, fam, I ain't going to hold you. But come to find out, she opens up her OnlyFans and somewhere, let me get the actual report, but they talking that the homie Meek said he wouldn't mind blowing a bag on um Miss Lisa Ray. Shit. Hold up. Let's see right here. Lisa Ray tells Meek Mill to come through after he shoots his shizot. Shit, man. That y Listen, she want that young pipe, man. But yeah, she said she was going to be opening the OnlyFans. You know what I mean? And um, let's see. We'll see. She officially joins OnlyFans. Uh, look, she told Meek to come through. That's all we need to know. That's all we need to know. I don't need to read nothing else. Look, she told Meek to come through. He shot his shot, and she was willing and open. So, look, all I'm saying is that she's bad as shit at 53, and I ain't going to hold you like I just said. I I definitely give it a subscription. I don't subscribe to none of this shit. I don't pay for none of that, period. But... If you was a nigga who does pay for that and that's up your alley and Lisa Ray is up there giving it up, fam, it, shit, you better drop a bag under her. I ain't mad at you if you do. Fuck. Who the fuck am I to say otherwise? But that just leads me into my next question, my next topic. Granted, I, w I, I was talking to my boy Rizzo about this and this is an interesting one. Walk with me because... I was like, all right, you look at this right now. You see Lisa Ray. She's bad as hell, 53. She's definitely like grandma age, 53. She's close to 60. Seven years from now, she's going to be 60. And if she maintains her body and her aesthetics, she's going to be looking really fucking good for 60. Just remember that. Some people's grandmothers are 40, 50, 60. And if they look like Lisa Ray, like, let's talk about it. But I'm over here saying that, yo, we. I just saw that... Fab and Emily B, they're about to have a baby. Congrats. Emily B is a bad bitch. I say that respectfully. Then her daughter is dating G Herbo. Didn't know that. And she's expecting a baby. So just off the bat, that makes Emily B a grandmother. Now, I'm just saying with this relation of this article, I'm trying to connect the dots. I'm like, are we in Generation Gilf? Are we in Generation grandmothers I would like to fuck. And I'm not trying to jump off the ledge here, but I was talking to Riz and Riz told me, no, he don't believe so. But I'm telling him, you got to look at it from the generation that I came from. If you're in the 30 up club, you got to understand grandmothers are typically supposed to look like grainy old women. Let's just really be honest, or that's just the image that media has portrayed for grandmothers for probably the last 10 to 20 years. You look at a grandmother, you just the word grand instantly in front of that have you assuming old or up in age or, you know, artifact-like. I'm just being honest. But now with this new generation of 
bad bitches and I'm just being honest, every other place you look, every bitch is bad. Every bitch got a fat ass and a pretty face. I'm just, yo, it's just the truth of the matter. So if we have all these generations of bitches that are just, women that are just amazingly good looking, you get what I'm saying? Just phenomenally beautiful. And shout outs to the genetics that, you know, because some of the facial beauties I'm hoping that you were born with and everything else, if you weren't born with, you paid for it, hey mama, it's yours. But if we're in a generation that all these women are beautiful, and then here's another thing that changed from my generation from growing up, they're having kids at a younger age. I remember when I was coming up, just because of the media and everything, that, you know, kids were still, women were still doing it, but it was almost looked down upon to say society or media. No, I, this is no BS. You can look this up. They almost, they wanted you to have kids at like 30 or 40 years old. Like, this was like real talk. Start a family at 35 or 40 after you complete and establish your career and everything. This is just facts. So by the time your kids are 20, you're 60. Like, this was just how the... But then again, this was just the image of grandparents back then because this was just the way America viewed this family structure and the way things should just go. And these are just the facts. Now, you fast forward to now, women are looking a lot better. They're having kids a lot younger. Their kids are having kids a lot younger. Now we're putting a predicament where the average grandmother in 2020, the average age has declined probably by like 20 to 15 years. Think about it. Grandmothers. We're talking about old, grainy old women from the way images have you looking at them from 10 to 15, 20 years ago to now. Wait, and I, I totally skipped over Generation MILF because Generation MILF was late to mid, mid late 90s to early 2000s thanks to American Pie. But then you get Generation MILF, then you have a whole generation of bad moms. But you know, but this is what starts it, Generation MILF. So now you have a generation of bad women that are having beautiful, a beautiful women that's having beautiful children, and now they're keeping their beauty for all these years, working out, eating good, staying in shape, and now those kids that they have are having kids, and they're just as beautiful, and it's just a whole generation of great genetics just mutating and just morphing all over the place, but then now you look at it, it's like, okay, now we're in a place where the average age of a grandmother is 35 to 40. This is just honest. 45, maybe 45 is a little up there, but still. But I'm just being honest. 40 to 45 is like grandmother age in 2020. But just imagine that. A grandmother that is 45 years old. That is crazy, especially if you're just coming from my generation to, like I said, start your family at 40 and, you know, you have kids late and you do all this. The, the whole dynamic just changed. So now we're looking at it like, all right, bet. Now you have grandmothers that's 45 and hold up. They look amazing. They look fucking amazing. And then their daughters are 30, 28, and they look amazing. Or 24. Like, just think about it. The daughter's like 24, 25. If she's 45, so that means she had her kid at 20, and then her daughter's fucking 25 or 20. So if you had your kid at 22, and then at 44, she's 22, and she's pregnant, and she looks amazing. Like, this is what I'm saying. And then you put another 22 on top of that, and yes, it's possible. There's some Instagram, you know, 
influencers in their 60s that look amazing, male and female, pause, I'm just being honest, identifying, because that's what I'm saying, you got this whole fitness, eat good, workout, you know, this, this is a whole new thing that wasn't there, say, when I was coming up, but now you have all that, and say they're able to maintain those juices and that, that keep that skin nice and soft and supple, and you know, have them lips nice and plump without that Botox and keep that natural organic juices flowing. Fam, listen, I'm telling you, you might have a great grandmother at 62 that you might, because like I told you, Lisa Ray is 53. 53. So in 10 years, let's check in on Lisa Ray in 10 years. What does Lisa Ray look like in 10 years? If Lisa Ray still looks good in 10 years, we're going to have a generation of great grandmothers y'all are going to want to nail to the wall. Hold up. And, like, and, and then that's the part that Rizzo disagreed with me. He's like, no, nobody's going to look that high up the hierarchy and be like, I want to nail the great grandmother. I'm good with the daughter or the mother. And you feel me? The aunt, the sister, whatever. But I'm telling you, the dynamics is changing. You see the daughter looks amazing. Then her mother looks amazing. Then her grandmother looks amazing. Then her great grandmother looks amazing. And I'm going to be honest. A perfect example of what, what this could possibly look like and Lord willing they stay together and this comes to fruition. Saudi, I mean, sweetie, I'm saying Saudi, I'm, like, I'm freaking I'm cooking, but sweetie and um, Quavo, if they stay together and they have kids, because sweetie's mom is bad. Sweetie is bad. And if sweetie has a kid and you put 20, and her kid is bad. So now it's like, yeah, the kid is bad. Your mother's bad, and then her kid has a kid. Listen, just play that out. We need two more generations of sweeties to come out. Two more generations. And then if her, excuse me, because if her grandmother, her mother looks good in about two generations in 40 years, I don't know, give or take, she's 30, 40, I don't know, 30, 40, year, 35 years. This could be a great example, man, I'm telling you. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I may be jumping the gun. Look, that was a rant. I just went off the hills on that. My bad. My bad. But outside of that, we got a few more topics right here, man. I definitely didn't cover this, but it's because I, not that I didn't want to, it's because it kind of, can't even hold you, it kind of went over my radar. This is so fucking crazy, bro. This is crazy. All right, so first off, I'm just basically saying all this craziness is over the police shooting of Walter. Oh man, Wallace. I'm sorry. I hate I hate these people that make you want to subscribe. It's one thing you don't like. It's one thing ads. I can live with that, but it's like no, they want me to subscribe for thirty dollars in a year. Like, is that article that good? It's worth a one-time uh, annual subscription? Like, I've never read... Like, and I'm just being honest. This is another rant. I've never read something so good like, damn, bro, it's worth a $30 annual subscription. But the shooting of the police... The fatal police shooting of Walter Wallace Jr. Yeah, it continues, it continues, it continues.
Wow. So I'm assuming from right here, they don't want the police to face murder charges, but right here, Walter Wallace has died by the hands of the police. Based on this article, I'm just getting the bits and pieces from um, the shooting. Um, this is crazy. Walter Wallace, I'm just trying to really figure out. Yeah, shows officers yelling. Oh, wow, he had a knife, and then they shot him dead. Yeah, I remember this. I didn't, but see, that's the thing. When they said they shot him, I didn't believe he was killed. Yeah, but right here, I have every, yeah, cell phone video captured Walter Wallace Jr. altercation with the police officers before he was killed. Put the knife down, put the knife down, one officer can be heard saying, and then... Oh my gosh, so look, I'm not even going to get into that because that is a whole, that's just up for a whole different, whole different debate. But I'll tell you this, this Walter Wallace, Walter Wallace is very sad, man, because right now I'm over here seeing there's a ton of police officers getting hurt, over 57 police officers injured, um, 212 people arrested, they're out there protesting, they're rioting, there's a curfew set in Philadelphia, Oh my goodness, they found a, this is just recent, they found a van filled with explosives, so, and this is just a week before the election, and then, I, look, I will say this, man, R.I.P. Walter Wallace Jr., first and foremost, no man should lose their life ever for anything, especially by a public servant, period, that's what I feel, period, nobody, anyone, let me spark this real quick. This is what I cook real quick. But what I will say is this, and I've said this before, and I'll say this again now. I personally don't mess with the police. I don't fuck with the police at all. I've never had a need to personally fuck with the police in all my years being on this earth. I'm not saying like I'm some super street gangster cat, but I'm just saying from where I'm from, we figure things out without getting the need for the police. And Lord willing, there's never been anything that's been too big that say we have needed an outside mediator like the police to get it solved or figured out. And I'm just talking about in all my years of growing up. And I'm saying that to say this, that doesn't mean we don't need police. That doesn't mean that there's people out there who are scared for their life or in places and situations that they don't know how to figure it out and they may need a third party mediator to come to the aid and rescue and take care of whatever it may be. And then with the need of them, I also say that a lot of people need to acknowledge police officers, and I said, I don't fuck with them at all. But still, police officers, at the end of the day, is one of the very few positions out there when you leave your job or leave in the morning for your job, there is no guarantee that you will come home alive or come home, period. I'm saying come home alive, come No, there's no guarantee. So when you tell your loved one goodbye or I love you or whatever in the morning, there's a lot of cases or there have been a lot of cases that was the last time they ever said that to that loved one. But like I said, I don't fuck with the police. But I would say this. I have been an advocate over the years to find better and more effective ways to subdue criminals. I do not feel that 
going straight to deadly force is the best and most effective way to handle and treat, let alone any, but in most in, in, in most recent times, every situation. It feels like that's the first place we're going, deadly force. Granted, I appreciate the officers who go for their taser first, go for the tackle first, shoot for the knees, shoot for the foot. Granted, I don't, I don't, still don't want you to shoot anyone, but then again, we need to find ways to subdue criminals that will be different from what we're doing now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, we gotta find, because, but then again, this is what I mean by we need more training. And this is what I mean by when I said I don't believe in defunding the police. But then again, I will say this on this topic that Philadelphia is in flames right now and Philadelphia in flames a week before the election is not something you want. And then with all this going on, like I said, I am not a police supporter. But then again, any job where you are out there to be a public servant and there's not a guarantee of you making it home to your family because your job is to make sure we make it home to our family, you gotta give them a little bit of credit. And like I said, and I, this is coming from someone who don't fuck with the police. I do not know. I'm good, like I said, I'm smoking bud in a non-legal state. So there's many reasons for me to not associate or directly uh, contact with, uh, you know, with police. But come on, bro, we gotta really be honest and acknowledge the truth here, man. We don't really need to defund the police. We need to actually give more funding to the police. We need more training, better training, a better selection of officers. We need these niggas to be built like football players, big and tall and strong, pause, but it's only because it's like, yo, we need these niggas to go out there and be able to tackle and beat. Bro, I saw a video like on Worldstar about a week ago where a police officer's getting his ass beat. Getting his ass beat. Wait, and here's the crazy part. He's getting his ass beat and the criminal had one cuff on. So you're telling me whatever happened, this shit went so drastically wrong that you went from one cuff on to getting your ass mopped and we need backup. And you're telling me this is not a training situation? This is not a selection situation? You're telling me this guy who got his ass whooped is the one of the best that you were able to select for that force at the time? And if he was, you're telling me how he performed with this perp who was not some big, tall, diesel, cocky motherfucker was the best training he had at hand to subdue him with one cuff on? Come on, bro, let's really be honest, man. And we see this all the time. We see it all the time. I'm just only acknowledging it because right now, like I said, this is wrong what happened to Walter. This is wrong. Walter Wilds, this is wrong. Rest in peace. But to think that to remove funding from the police and to think that their job is easy is is, is hard. Is, 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 is That's a joke to believe within itself. But like I also said, we need to find a better way to subdue criminals. So if we need to get a better selection of officers, so that means we need to entice them with a better budget, bigger budget, shit, then we need to pay officers more. So that means, look, we gotta give them more funding. If that means we need to get better training so they could be able to subdue people with knives or give them tactical hand-to-hand -hand training, Shit, then that means we need more funding. But the point I'm trying to say is, is that to defund the police and to make their job seem like it's an easy one, because that could have went, say hypothetically this went went the other way. Because nobody ever speaks of that, that, this story. Because like I said, RIP, 
I don't know what Walter had the knife for. I don't know what he was using it for. No one knows if he was uh, using it to be a deadly person to attack or whatever. I only skimmed the article, so I don't even have all the facts. And I'm not going to speak on it like I know the facts. But I'm going to speak on it like this. Say we do not know what his intent was. Because this is what we have to do. Not judge people on their skin, but on the content of their character. What is his intent? What is he what is he known for? Is he a dangerous person? Does he look like he is disgruntled? I we do not know because in a situation that all those check boxes apply and they went into silently and not armfully subdue him and one of them got their throat cut This would be a whole different headline. Totally different headline. Totally. Totally. You get what I'm saying? Like I said, I am not in any favor saying, yo, the police. No, like I said, I don't fuck with the police. I still, to this day, even after saying what I said, I don't fuck with the police. But we need just to acknowledge some of these jobs. Like, wait, the perfect example of this could help, you know, help my metaphor or be a metaphor to help work. We may not look at firefighters the same, but their job is damn near in the same checkbox. Because if you're in a burning building or if a building is on fire and your grandparents, your pets, your kids or your whatever the case is in there and their job, they pull up on the scene, their job in most cases is to go in there and get you out. And in most cases, not all of them live. Things do happen. These are dangerous jobs. So to assume that the firefighter pulling up to a flaming building and he has to run in there and save a young family and it's like, no, in most cases they don't even go in because like they said, it's an unescapable thing. It's not feasibly possible to go in. The flames will engulf and kill. I'm just being honest here. So we got to look at some of these jobs and look at the danger that's attached to them and acknowledge them for more than just a civil servant like, look, these people could die out here on any given day just for being who they are. That And wait, and, and not even that, but just for taking the job that they took. So let's, let's move on. What else do I have on the slate? Um... I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll go straight to the wild out story of the week and we could take it from there because this one's going pretty long. I ain't going to hold you. I was, I, like I said, I'm hyped in charge. It's a different energy this episode. Different energy. Different energy. And I think my eye looking better too. Oh my God. Look, I'm getting straight to it. Right here, 29 year old. Oh my God. This is so crazy, fam. Hold on, hold on, hold on. God damn, boy, that's crazy. Shit, so. Oh my gosh. So, we're going straight into the wild out topic of the week, man. So, straight here, we got Queen DA, a Long Island man, killed pregnant girlfriend and dumped her body. Man accused of killing pregnant girlfriend dumped her body near the highway. Police have arrested a man accused of murdering his pregnant girlfriend and dumping her body near the expressway in Queens. Investigators say 29-year-old Goey Charles strangled 29-year-old Vanessa Pierre, whose family said she was six months pregnant. 
Fam. Fam. This woman was beautiful. Beautiful. How does this beautiful young lady end up into the arms of this psycho that strangles her to death? This is beyond crazy. And then what makes this even more savage is that he throws her body on the side of the Queen's Expressway. Like, fam, you, you just wanted to get rid of her. You just wanted to get this shit out the way fast, I'm guessing, right? Like, this is just disrespectful. You couldn't even, like, leave her pee. Like, this is just, bro. Where do you find these niggas, though? Like, honestly, where do you find niggas like this that's like, yo, I'm going to choke you out and my unborn child? I just don't know. It's our job to protect the black women, to uplift black women, and to love black women. That's what an activist said. And they're absolutely right. Black women go through so much on a day-to-day basis, they don't need any help from, I'm assuming he was black, but then in the case that he's not, this just proves to all the trials and tribulations that they already go through on a day-to-day basis. And for you to go out your way to make things harder and to complicate life for not only her, her your unborn child, and her family, bro, where do they find niggas like you at? The fucking horse track? This is crazy. I honestly can't believe this. I honestly won't believe this. This is crazy. I'll leave it like that. And the smoke cast, we're out.